Hello, good afternoon. Uh, you are listening to Radio Reverb 97.2, Burden of Proof. And uh, and this week, as a little bit of a change, as my uh, usual sidekick, Colin, is uh, off sort of driving, flying, doing whatever, swimming, I imagine, uh, across the uh, United States as we speak. Uh, I'm joined by an irregular guest of ours, Mr. Sam Quick. Hello. Hello, welcome, Sam. And uh, how, how are you today? Uh, not too bad, not good. too bad. Good. Well, uh, you know, hopefully this week um, will be sort of not too much of a departure from the norm. We'll have uh, some uh, nice music to listen to, and uh, we've also brought a, uh, a newspaper, so we can have a perusal through that as well. That's so Alan Partridge, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's uh, that's the way I roll, Sam. Uh, so there we go. So um, are we going to start as we mean to carry on, sort of uh, sort of loud and heavy, really, with uh, with Mars Volta and uh, Roulette Dares. So for those of you who were listening to that and uh, <laughs> noticed that it was a slight lack of uh, anything going on, it's probably because uh, it didn't quite play properly. But, uh, Is that a remix? It's a remix. I like that yeah. version. It's the John Cage remix of uh, Roulette Dares. It, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, instead, uh, how about we play uh, Elbow with Grounds for Divorce, because I'm sure this one's slightly more uh, compliant. I've been working on a cocktail called Grounds for Divorce
So we did get it working in the end. Roulette Dares by uh, Mars Volta. That there was a lovely little song. It was a lovely, long, big song, which uh, which is what I quite like about it. It gives me a little bit of time to uh, peruse the times uh, <laughs> while I sit there. And uh, and the show just begins. Uh, we, we were off air just uh, just before the show started um, talking about this documentary uh, that you watched uh, that sounded quite interesting. And it, it, uh, it was about dinosaurs and how some ancient cultures may have perceived dinosaurs as being sort of like weird yeah. human things. Um, it's like... You, how, like, they had no idea what these what these would have been. So what what would have been? Well, these uh, big beasts like underground. Um, yeah, underground bones. They would have just found like ginormous bones and stuff. And like, what are they? And so they had to. They basically they reckon they created a lot of stories. Like a lot of the Greek myths came from 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 what they discovered because they yeah. they they had they hadn't seen anything like that. There's nothing existing in that in in our time or their time. So they they had to kind of make up a, make up things and uh, <laughs> it's just made ex- it up. explain why why they were there. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they must have been quite confusing though. Without the benefit of carbon dating and all that sort of stuff, then I guess uh, I guess they'd have been like, who's this guy? And then uh, invented some kind of uh, magical myth around it, which is pretty cool. Who's this man? It's an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, were, were there elephants in Greece? At some point in the, in the past, um, I guess maybe when it was all sort of Pangaea, then yeah. uh, you know they they kind of freely wandered around. wasn't that big. Probably, um, <laughs> yeah, probably minced around didn't they, a little bit. <laughs> probably did. Uh, and it, well, it got me thinking of um, of this documentary, um, well, do- documentary kind of thing. I thought it was absolutely rubbish, to be honest. Uh, I've been listening to uh, the trails for it on um, on Radio Two in the morning as I drive to work, and and it was called Planet Dinosaur, and it was like, oh, all these new dinosaurs that. Um, that haven't been that have only just recently been discovered, and you know ones that tower over T Rex and all this sort of stuff. And I thought that sounds quite interesting. I'll give that a watch. And I lasted two minutes in it because I was just absolutely just so disappointed by the, just the naff CGI ness of it, sort of thing. Do you know how the, the sort of Walking with Dinosaurs program came along, and they kind of had that dude sort of walking along the beach, and suddenly this sort of weird trilobite animal type thing would sort of scuttle past him and it's just a really sort of fake way and it got me thinking that it's 2011 how how is it that cgi is so much worse because the dinosaurs in jurassic park in 1993 looked so much better the problem is you're, is you're talking to a man that, that loves the show you did you watch that I, I love it I, I love all that kind of thing <laughs> walking with beasts walking with dinosaurs. i love it can't get enough of it yeah well it, it just disappointed me that how how sort of lame the CGI seemed. It was. It reminded me. Well, it reminded me. Did you ever watch Reboot? Yeah. Yeah. That that kids TV show that was like the first sort of like animated, fully animated kind of. It like predated Toy Story by about four years or something. And it was those uh, those three characters that whoever whatever game um, the the owner of their computer sort of put in to the uh, to the system then then they would sort of be part of the game like if it was Grand Theft Auto for instance even though hypothetically because it wasn't uh, you know they'd be running around punching people and uh, and dragging them out of cars and things but it just reminded me of that kind of level of well, maybe, just naff CGI maybe that that was how the world looked 65 million years ago it was just what dinosaurs really clumsily sort of like looking like they're kind of walking but they're not walking because they're the problem with you the is... The contact with the ground isn't quite... The physics of it was just, well, the was problem, just all wrong. You it's a lack of imagination. That's, and they're that's just a, making the these things. <laughs> they're just making it up. They just... Like, it's, your, thing about, your thing about them finding, finding bones and, and just going, oh, this must have been some, some crazy man cyclops creature because you're talking about the, the elephant with the... Without the trunk, yeah, without it's just going to have a big like hole a giant, in its head. It looks like a giant eye, yeah. It's going to be a cyclops. Well, they're just, they're just finding things and just going, oh, there's, there's a bit of bone over there. Um... 
Cool, that's a big bit. And they're just, they're just, they're just making Yeah, it but it's up. like when you go to a museum. I went to one in Oxford fairly recently, and um, it's just bits of pottery. Mm. But they reconstruct what it's going to look like, what the pot would have looked like. It's yeah. just like, I can't appreciate that, because all I can see is just a tiny, like, inch square bit of pottery. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well... But I like the program, so so check it out. Let's let the fans <laughs> let them judge it. I I, I can't remember when it's on. Okay, <laughs> so I can't I can't really pick it up. It's sometime this week on it BBC was, One. It was on it was on Wednesday at half oh, okay. eight. Okay, um, yeah. but feel free to email us at uh, studio at radioreverb dot com with burden of proof in the subject title. Um, we would love to hear your your opinions because as you can as you can tell we're divided in this in this studio i think it's rubbish you have to so remember it's, good. it's not universal studios it's the bbc so comparing it to Jurassic park is slightly unfair yeah but they that, yeah, but that was yeah, but even so that was that was still 1993 they should have done they should have done better by, yeah, by but now yeah think about the money that was that spent. walking with dinosaurs exhibit in Churchill square is, <laughs> is, is better than than planet dinosaur and they're just moving their heads from give side it to another side. try <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you reckon that it should have just been like a man in a suit they should <laughs> yeah. have just done that Barney I'd have preferred, yeah. I'd have preferred a big purple Andy dinosaur. Circus should have done it shouldn't he skipping around the things and, and sort of picking up rabbits and hugging them with his claws fair enough I don't know if it'd be would T-Rex be able to hug he probably wouldn't be able to get the purchase with those, <laughs> with those tiny or, tiny or, arms or, yeah and also they were just always facing down like that yeah yeah There's like a little Ronnie Corbett he can't hug a T-Rex that's what we've learned from this. Uh, well, we think that we don't know. They might prove that in like ten years' time. They yeah. don't have one of these programs. T Rex T Rexes might have had really long arms, <laughs> like Mr. Tickle T Rex. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to play Stretch Armstrong T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to play. Um, we're going to play a song off this uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite playlist. Uh, OST. Great film, great film. Great, well, great. You say great. Is it? <laughs> I thought it was a bit... I'm very, I've been very negative today. Have I'm, you seen I'm it? I'm really not a negative person. Yeah, no, I did see it. I thought it was... Oh, shut up. I thought it was a, a mediocre Michael Sarah kind of film. I still need to see Youth in Revolt, actually. Okay. So, have you got that? It, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's up there with that. Maybe we should go and watch that this afternoon. I'm quite keen on that. Uh, anyway, um, this is uh, this is off Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a Michael Sarah film uh, from... Oh, a couple of years ago or something, and uh, <laughs> you, you really hate it, don't you? And it's about the soundtrack's brilliant, though. So it's about two lovely young people who are in love, and it's lovely and lovely stuff. So uh, here's um, "After Hours" by uh, We Are Scientists.
Men's needs, women's needs, whatever. Uh, that was uh, our bovine public. There we go. So, uh, so, so yeah. So yeah. So there we go. So Sam's um, found some good stuff in the well, Lakeland catalogue. Um, right. <laughs> imagine you're in dragon. Imagine you're one of the dragons on Dragon's Den, right? All right. Yeah. Right. So I made some toast this morning. I'm out. Right. <laughs> made some toast this morning. And think, oh, it's, it's pretty safe. Let it pop up. Get the toast out with my hand or whatever. Oh yeah. Apparently that's not safe enough. No. You need these little toast tongs. Toast tongs. They're, about, they're like 21 centimeters long. Cost about 1.99. It's basically like a massive clothes peg. Check it out. Wow. Ridiculous. Like, so, uh, sure, uh, magnetic how... toast tongs. The safest way to retrieve your toast. Magnetic toast. Like, magnetic so you can attach them to the toaster. But it's Made stupid. bamboo. But it pops up. You can. You don't have to put your hand in it. I mean, the risk is that you, the risk is that you accidentally sort of like jab the wrong end in. That's got the little magnet in, and that's a piece of metal that you're jabbing into a toaster. <laughs> the, you so know. Are you out or in? Yeah. And also that, that Lakeland toaster bag. Prepare a sandwich, put it in the bag, then pop it in the toaster for a tasty toasty. My toaster, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way at all that the uh, the, the width is lo- is long enough. Well, I found the width an- is, is. I found another quote to stick two pieces of toast in one slot. That's right, it's, ridiculous. It's all stupid. I found a banana bag where you put your, all your bananas in, keep them in the fridge. Like, Can't you just <laughs> put it in a, any old bag? I don't, I don't know. What's so special about a banana? It's innovative bag? solutions that problems that <laughs> to problems it, that just do not exist. It's the pineapple peeler and slicer. Oh like, wow! But this, there's a woman here from Cambridge. She's like, 
This from, has from, been from the University of Cambridge. <laughs> just probably just lives there. Just but she says uh, this probably is... from the, the sort of fens or somewhere like that. <laughs> she doesn't get out much. Right, I don't know how, how often you have pineapple. Right. But she described it as the most fabulous kitchen gadget ever invented. I couldn't be without it. Wow. Do you know what I mean? And how often does she eat pineapple? I don't know, but she said her mum borrowed it off her. Like she had to get another one because her mum kept borrowing it off her. Get it back off your mum. How much pineapple? <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually seen anyone eat a pineapple. I've, well, I've seen apart from chunks like out of a tin or whatever, mm. which is probably the way to go because then you don't have to, don't have to buy one of these stupid. You things. haven't you haven't lived though in Cambridgeshire. They're pineapple mad. <laughs> they they, they grow it. on trees. They grow on the trees in Cambridgeshire. Who would have thought pineapples growing trees, eh? There you go. Especially in Cambridge. Um, I I got to thinking, uh, I was um, was watching a bit of telly this morning, and do you remember how how, uh, Jif and Sif came about? Because obviously uh, Jif lemon versus uh jiff you know the, the cream cleaner yeah for uh, you know, some might get confused other cream cleaners are available but you know they, they they obviously went to war together somehow and the lemon overpowered the the cream cleaner squirting it in in the eyes <laughs> of the lawyers i imagine and uh, and and so and so the lemon remained victorious and was allowed to stay uh, and sif with its tail between its legs had to scurry back to wherever cream cleaners come from and, uh, and and think of a brand new innovative name that they could come up with for their cream cleaning product. And they named it SIF, which <laughs> which is not a great name. But I was thinking of it this morning because... Um, cause the, the large I love the fact you think about like, things like that on large, Saturday morning. Because the large computer manufacturer, Hewlett Packard, is now pretty much calling itself HP. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, Oh dear, HP, I see where you're going. Yep. I, I smell a battle going down. Sources versus computers. And who would win? Who do you think would win? I think... I think source. I think source. Would I think win. source. Because although although Hewlett Packard is probably a big name worldwide, HP's got the it's, it's got the longevity. And you know it's going to happen at some point because it's, it has to. That, it's because it's two two random things. Because just, someone's going to walk into PC World and go, "Can I have some brown sauce?" Just like someone's going to go and see a WWF wrestling event <laughs> yeah. and think, "Hang on, I thought I was saving some animals and here. What's my, going does, on?" Does my ticket? Does my <laughs> ticket run, have a gift day, Dad, to to, <laughs> to save pandas? Silly. True. Yeah. No. Absolutely true. Someone's going to go into 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 Tesco's and be like a mustard. Uh, pickle, uh, <laughs> laptop. <laughs> you know, it's not going to work. So, uh, so I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for the showdown and my money. Why don't we try and try and start it? Try and instigate it. Yeah, yeah. Hewlett Packard, how's the Parliament source <laughs> clash? <laughs> uh, well, no, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see some kind of uh, televised event. Perhaps I'll tell you what I don't do like to see on a Saturday morning, actually. The what Saturday, don't you like to see on a Saturday that morning? That Saturday kitchen programme. I, well, I, I don't know. Because I, like like, I don't want salmon at half ten in the morning. No, that is true. Do you know what I mean? If I was a guest on there, I'd be a bit slightly yeah. put out. If they were like, what's your food heaven? I'd be like, well, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, so can I have beans on toast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, that is true. And I, well, I do like Saturday kitchen. I like the fact that it, it, it shows old reruns of, um, of, of Keith Lloyd. Um, mm. Getting uh, drunk. Yeah, just getting drunk. At 11 o'clock in the on, morning, on the no lash. doubt. Um, but uh, James Martin, he, he's been doing that for about 10 years, yeah. and he still can't figure out how to how to read off a teleprompter without looking like he's <laughs> gazing into the soul of the person watching television. Because he just, he just una- he seems unable to, um, to to read it properly. And mm. it's, it, it's so funny when you listen to him talking to his guests and stuff, because he, he kind of just he gets fed a question, clearly, into his earpiece. So uh, he, he asks him this question. 
and you know they're all they're only you're only on that kind of show to promote something and plug something or other so people are going oh you know oh yeah well this season in panto has been really great because uh, you know i got to meet at work alongside uh, you know i don't know brian blessed or something like that and you're like, well, it's quite interesting. And then, but James Martin just just goes, yeah, okay. So we've, <laughs> <laughs> so what I've done here is I've fricasseed the, the the chips, and he just doesn't he doesn't listen to a word they say. He asks them these questions, and they they rabbit on for for a couple of minutes, and then he just completely, he clearly doesn't listen because he doesn't answer any he doesn't ask any sort of follow up questions. Maybe he doesn't care. I, I some maybe would say he just doesn't care. That is a. That is a possibility. Have you ever watched one of the first shows that that he did just to see if he cared initially? And now, ten years later, no, he's just like, oh. I can't, I can't listen, I can't ask yeah. really stupid questions and just get really stupid what answers. What goon have we got on this week? All yeah. oh, right, yeah. Well, what's he, what's he selling? What's he flogging? Oh yeah, yeah, another book. Great. All right, nice one. All right, get the oven on. <laughs> <laughs> get them chips on. Get the chicken in. We'll start this thing. Come on. Uh, we're going to play. Um, we're going to play "Death from Above." No, let's make love and listen to "Death from Above." Yeah, uh, by shortened CSS. by me just now to uh, "Death from Above." That's uh, good by CSS. So uh, here we go. Show me how mad is your love Come and attack 
another nice little whiny indie tune could only have come from uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I love those whiny indie tunes. What can I say? So that was the uh, the shout out louds with uh, probably one of the one of the worst sort of uh, band names I've heard for a very long time. Yep. With uh, with they're from Sweden, so very yeah. loud. Just because they're from Sweden, you can't excuse them from bad band names. Well, Abbas is a stupid name. Well, no, because it's Ab- Agatha, Benny, Bjorn, and whatever the other one was. Agnes. Yeah. Was it Agnes? I don't know. Angus. Uh, <laughs> Angus. <laughs> <laughs> she originally showed a beard, she was told to shave it off. <laughs> oh, poor Angus. Angus, we're not going to sell any records like that. <laughs> Do something about that back hair as well. Um, <laughs> She's having the last laugh, though. The, Multi-millionaire. Uh, she is. She is. Um, she, yeah, so there you go. I've, I found something something great, uh, which is apparently set to become a, the uh, the latest kitchen essential. Oh. You could possibly, I don't know how we've done without these things, but uh, but basically it's called a scrudel or a scru- no, it's only got one D, so scrudel. I'm going to say scrudel, and it's a cross between a scraper, a scoop, and a ladle. <laughs> and uh, well, set to solve the problem of emptying casseroles and pans of those uh, last few servings... I'm assuming that's casserole dishes, and pans of those last few servings of stew or soup. Unlike a round-bottom label, the flat spatula edge of the scrudel reaches right into the corners, ensuring every last morsel makes it from pot to plate, so made of uh, polypropylene. I kind of... It's, it's, it's things like that that makes me agree with... You know, Ricky Gervais' mate, Carl Pilkington, he said that everything that's been invented that we need has, has, has been done so yeah. we can just stop and yeah. it, it's things like that that make me agree with him I mean for instance like like to solve that problem I don't know about you but in the past I've used a spoon <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I can't I can't even comment on that I, yeah. I, totally, I totally agree good well, I'm glad you agree because uh, it's right uh, yeah I was reading in the um, I was reading the news this morning in the uh, in the Guardian not in the Times that we have here um there's uh, a young boy, a young who speaks uh, fluent English, uh, has presented himself to the authorities in uh, in Germany, somewhere somewhere near the, the big black forest, uh, and apparently for the last sort of five years or so, uh, he he and his dad have just been sort of living uh, living wild, really. Um, he doesn't really speak any German, but he and his dad have just been sort of like walking through uh, the forest, the big the big black forest, living off whatever. Uh, but he doesn't really have any any memory previous prior to five years ago. Is he English or has he learned English whilst in the forest? No, he speaks fluent English. They can't tell whether he's, he speaks with an American accent, uh, and a British accent, or some other kind of you know Australia Canadian whatever. Uh, but there we go. So um, so fascinating feral boy has been wandering around the wilderness, and apparently uh, he did. He followed his his father's sort of. Uh, advice and guidance for when uh, his father passed away. He said, "You know, if anything happens to me, then uh, then uh, then Car- uh, carry on doing what you're doing. Do, do well, carry on doing what you're doing, or uh, or present yourself to the authorities if you can't look after yourself." And apparently, he um, apparently he buried his father in some shallow grave somewhere in the Black Forest, and uh, and went present handed himself in. So what are they quite doing well, with him now? Done that before. I don't know. They haven't released a photo of him yet, but they're trying to sort of figure out where he's from and what he's been up to for the last five years and how they've been living. Because uh, I imagine they in could Germany, just ask him, I suppose, couldn't they? They could do. I mean, he speaks fluent English. <laughs> <laughs> He's an enigma. <laughs> he speaks exactly the same language as we do, and is seventeen years old, so probably knows a little bit about what's going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. So quite, quite the nut to crack there. Um, but I think there's been a few sort of uh, tales. Of, like there was uh, Romulus and Remus, who um, who were two boys that were discovered. 
I got this all from the X Files, uh, Volume of the Unexplained. Fascinating books, those things. Uh, uh, well, I couldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have read them before bedtime, though. Otherwise, it uh, gave me nightmares. But um, Romulus and Remus, who uh, were two boys that were kind of raised by wolves, and uh, and they they ran on all fours very quickly, mm. and uh, fascinating how uh, how some wolves managed to uh, to raise these boys. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Mm. Although it can be explained. So I wonder if, the, I wonder if there's anything book. in the Lakeland catalogue for uh, <laughs> for trying to get truth and information out of uh, 17-year-old fluent English speakers about what they've been doing for the last five years. Let me see. I just want to, um, Pyrex mini dish. I just want to change the subject slightly. Lakeland um, slow cooker. About two weeks ago, E17 reformed. Oh, right. I played a gig at the Concorde 2 to like, about 400 people. I'm not sure what the capacity of the Concorde 2 is. So, but, um, Let's say it's about... Yeah. What, what, what were they thinking? Were they? They haven't got Brian Harvey. That's the, that's the interesting thing. Have Brian not? Harvey's not in the band. They they replaced him with who? He's a bit maverick. Uh, with another they, guy. They just they put a baseball cap on him, so he looks quite like him. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Get him a little tash. But I don't know what they expect to achieve. Whether they expect to money be doing five nights at Wembley Stadium, like take take that I did like a month or so ago. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you never know. There might be some kind of E17 revival on the back of it. Mm. That'd be good. That'd be good. If, I mean, if take that can do it. I think E17 can do if it. If Take That can do it, I don't think E17 can. You don't? No. You don't have as much faith in E17 no. as in Take That. They had about five hits, but they had like 19 hits apparently, according to their little the back of the flyer. 19 hits apparently on they were, YouTube. They were more successful than Take That. But, it, but it was really vague. It didn't actually specify any, like a time a timeline of, oh, right. of when they were more successful than Take That. So I mean, to be fair, Steam is a seminal album. <laughs> Steam like a queen being never stopped rising. That I mean... Who, who who writes lyrics like that these days? I don't like all this... Like, I love you like a wave going out when the tide's in. Like, what's going to happen now? Like, Poetry. Because <laughs> apparently S-Club are still going, with three original members. S-Club? you got five still going. Why were they never called S-Club? And they with two people. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe people like you weren't around <laughs> to call them that. <laughs> Because S-Club makes them sound like, makes them sound like a, something you get off the Club menu at sound. Ikea. Sclub balls. <laughs> Sounds like some sort of STI. Sclub and chips. Sclub. Uh, <laughs> oh, can't ask the case of sclub. <laughs> oh, I went to the doctor with me sclub. <laughs> nothing you can do, nothing you can do. <laughs> can't get rid of them. He says he can treat it, but uh, with anti-inflammatories. That's, I don't know I don't know whose who's accent that was. That was just a general sort of... Uh, sort of uh, bemoaning of, of affliction there we go but, um, the, it's, a, it's a bit of a tedious link really because I thought well, I'll talk about these bands coming back and we're about to play a bit of The Darkness we are we are going to play because uh, I love The Darkness I think they're absolutely brilliant and uh, shame about the second album shame about uh, the losing of Ed Poulion um, he's back in the band is he yep well you know they shouldn't have never, they should never have got that it's like, that, it's like when Metallica got that dude from um, where did he get it from where did he get that Robert Truillo or something where it was, some, it was some weird band, anyway. And he was—he just stood at the front of the stage and just sort of, like, banged his head with his, all his hair going up and down and stuff. And he's just like, well, they're playing, they're playing Nothing Else Matters. Why are you headbanging? <laughs> but that was, seemed to be his only sort of move that he had. What's that cow doing in the studio? <laughs> uh, yeah, so there we go. We're going to play um, Love Is Only A Feeling, which uh, I think you'll agree. I know Sam agrees with me. Oh, yeah. That it is the best uh, track of the album. Eight years ago, <laughs> it was a cracking tune. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 2003. But but what are they expecting to achieve? That like, coming back, like, uh, 25 quid a ticket apparently to to go and see him. Sold out at UEA, Norwich. They're like kind of hometown roughly. But 
are they going to make another album? I hope gonna... so. I hope so because but, uh, because the darkness because permission to land for me is. Uh, but what kind of fan base are they going to have now? Like who is people like you that buy it? And that was like that album when came out like nine. Two thousand and three. Okay. Hmm. So well, I would go and see them because I'm still a fan of theirs, and and as a result of this, the revival of uh, the darkness brought to you by uh, Burden of Proof at Radio Reverb 97.2. I think a lot of other people are going to go and see it as well. So uh, for your listening pleasure, here's uh, Love Is Only A Feeling.
that song's got everything from this sort of indecipherable double tapping guitar to the uh, to the sort of fade out to the slightly abba chiquitita style acoustic at the end you what, know what you, i want you just is, can't what it. i want is anyone that um has listened to the show to yeah. email radioreverb.com yep. to uh just to confirm that they're actually going to go and see the band after hearing that song that you've just played yeah and i don't think you're gonna get many people tricky well i mean considering we've only got uh two and a half minutes left and uh, i've got another song to play uh probably not but uh if you do feel like emailing it's in then uh, then we'll be back next week maybe with sam yeah hopefully, maybe hopefully it's been good it's been fun uh, so, uh, so thank you very much. Uh, studio at radioreverb.com with burden of proof in the subject title. Feel free to uh, email us and uh, and hope you join us next week. We're going to finish with the White Stripes and uh, a, a song called "Truth Doesn't Make a Noise," which is uh, sadly mostly overlooked. <laughs> Because truth doesn't make a noise No, truth doesn't make a noise